Well, good morning, everybody. Can you all hear me okay? All right, good. It has been a, a, an awesome week. I want to commend Joel and Abigail. Uh, it's been a busy week for them. We had on uh, Monday beach camp, and uh, beach camp was just outstanding time um, of just hanging out with high schoolers. I got a chance to go there as well, and wonderful. I got to tell you, you, you already know this, but we have an amazing youth group. We have an amazing group of young people who love Jesus. It was an awesome time. Um, secondly, they had, I don't know how this all worked out, Joel and Abby, but to do a beach camp and then just decide to stay up all night on Friday night and do a lock-in was just madness, you know. That's where I draw the line. I mean, I'll go to beach camp, but I'm not going to the lock-in. I just got to tell you. So, but the lock-in uh, was amazing and just seeing God move there. And so I just wanted to report back the good things that are going on here with our youth group and, um, and other things as well. If you're around midweek, we had our, our, our bike ride night, which was super fun. I know Mike helped lead the wave and lead the charge there. And so that was an awesome time as well. So how many, how many had a chance to come out to bike night? All four of you. All right. Awesome. Woo-hoo. So, all right. It was a good time. You should check it out on social media. Um, but great things that are happening here. This morning, uh, I have the privilege of introducing a, a guest speaker to you. And um, you've heard Jim speak before. Jim and his wife, Judy, serve with Youth with a Mission. And um, they're currently living in Germany. But if you know Jim and Judy, you know that that's just where they sleep at night sometimes because they're all over the world um, encouraging young people, networking, and really building up leaders uh, to continue the Great Commission. And um, I can commend Jim to you because Jim is a friend. And anytime we have a missionary that's in town that we find out is nearby, we try to snatch him, even if it's last minute. We say, hey, come. We want to hear what God's doing around the world. Um, and we, we, we love just to have him come and encourage us. But it's even more so with Jim for me because I've known Jim for over 30 years. And um, there was a time in my life, and I, I remember distinctly sitting in this back uh, area in uh, where I was based, and Jim was at the time in Switzerland. I don't know if you remember this, Jim, but I was in a mess, man. I had had a really rough time on the mission field, and I remember someone saying, you know what you need, man? You need to talk to Jim Orrid. And so I set up an appointment with you, and we sat and we talked, and it was a, a, a moment to just debrief a lot of stuff that had gone on. But I, I, I learned during that time the pastoral gift that's in this man and his willingness to give the gift of time to leaders all over the world. And so, um, Jim, I don't want to butter you up too much, but you made a difference in my life. I'm glad that you're here. Come on up and, and share with us. And uh, this is Jim Orrid. Um, I'm going to pray for him, and then I want to just invite you to listen well to what God's doing in, in various places in the world. Lord, I, I thank you for Jim, and I thank you for the friendship that we've had over the years that that one time that we met in Europe led to many times of coffee and lunch and phone calls and encouragement and direction and, and wisdom. And so, God, I thank you for what he's meant in my life and the, the privilege that it is now to share him with our congregation. So I bless him and welcome him and the gift that he has and that he could just have the freedom to be exactly who he is in Christ. So we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Wow, thank you. Yeah, man, thank Danny, you. wow. Um, I was thinking of the name of your church, Bridge Community. I just think it fits in so many ways. I love that name. I I remember when it had other names in the past. I had some memories this morning of um, my wife's, my, my in-laws, 
before they passed away. They lived at, in the 400 block of Cambridge Avenue, about just down the road. I drove by the house this morning, and I was getting flashbacks. Judy's dad was a Pentecostal pastor. I remember driving down the 55 freeway, and he'd be praying away in tongues, driving. And I said, Judy, are his eyes open? And yes, that's, that's my dad. And then I remember her mom, named Anitha, uh, she'd send me down to the grocery store when I was visiting once uh, on Grand Avenue or somewhere down there, and, and she'd say, would you buy some chicken chests? And I'm thinking, I know what she means. She couldn't say that word, you know. She was holy, <laughs> old school. Uh, I, I know that's weird. That's random. It has nothing to do with anything, but, you know. I love the announcement this morning about the barn tonight, but, oh, it's not tonight. You know, that really got everyone's attention. That was good. You ought to, I like that. But I was thinking last week I was in a church in Portland. Uh, we're actually in, came to the U.S. for four weeks to spend time with our two daughters and our granddaughters. They, one lives in Portland, the other one in Seattle, so thankfully they're not too far apart. But last week uh, I went to a church called Bridgetown in uh, Portland, and it was such a great service. I was so impressed. That right downtown, it's kind of weird. That's their goal, keep Portland weird, I think. Uh, but they feed the, f at 4 o'clock, they fed, you know, homeless people, which are everywhere. And then there was a great service, and this guy named Tyler Statton gave such a great word. And I went up and said, thank you for what you do. I follow you. I get fed. Thank you. And then they said, now you're welcome to go. They don't have a fellowship hall, but they said, well, there's a bar down the road, we're meeting, I didn't go, I, I like going home early, uh, but that was a great church called Bridgetown, last, I think in two weeks in a row, Bridgetown and the Bridge community, that's, I'm on a roll, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, interesting to be here, so, this morning, I was praying for days about what I could share from the word that would bless you, and I, my first thought was, from, and we're not going there, but was my first thought, from Ephesians chapter 4 and Colossians chapter 2, Paul gives this picture about being connected to the head, Jesus. Don't lose connection. That's, that's a good word. And the body grows and builds itself up through the connections, which are the joints, right, where the body comes together held together by the ligaments, which I've never seen one. I've torn one once, and it's a pain. And I asked a doctor once, what, what does a ligament do? Oh, he said, the ligament's job is to hold on to one part of, of the bone and body, and then the, uh, the other part, and just don't let go. And when it gets stressful, just take the stress. And I thought, oh, man, I think God's speaking to me. I want to fix some people, and God's saying, just hold on to them. Take the pressure. Oh, my goodness. But that would have been a good word, but we're not going there. Oh. <laughs> Almost, but. Huh. So then I, then the next thought was, oh, I, I love the different seasons of life, because I'm turning 71 in this fall, and I think growing old rocks. I think you can do all kinds of things that you can't do when you're young. I mean, I'm looking at the second row here, these four, right? I, I, you know, so I thought I could preach about the generations together and how when you're young, 
you have to figure out who you are. You leave your family and you think, what am I politically? And what, how do I, what's my identity in every way? And, you know, my family was good. They were a little weird and I'm a little like them. And who do I want to be? Where are my people? What are my skills? And that's, you know, in your 20s and maybe early 30s, you walk around. But then you figure it out. And you settle down and you start a business or a family or you, you, you buy a house. And those are your contribution years. For most of your life, you just show up in the morning. And how important is it just to show up? When you feel like it or you don't feel like it, you're just there. Life is good. But you know what? There can come a time when you can move into the third season, your legacy years, living a life that outlives you. And now my most important relationships are with my grandkids. We got two. And I'm not showing pictures. I could. I, I'm not. And uh, people a third my age. I just get excited when I hang out with young people. Uh, and a few older people. I have a few. Um, I was with a friend, a chiropractor in Laguna Beach Tuesday night. He and his, he, he's 69, turned We had the deepest time, and I thought, he's one of those few people my own age I really like being with. He's a wild man. But I met him through his kids. Anyway, um, but I thought, no, that's not the word for today. I could give it, but huh. I was praying, Lord, what do you want? What do you want me to do? And then I got real excited about this one. Oh, whoops. Try again. Okay, here we go. Um, you know Naaman, the uh, Syrian leper, and how Jesus in his hometown, this one really bombed. He said there were, you know, he a lady that wasn't Jewish. And then there was an, many lepers in Israel. You, you know this? And, and he's in Nazareth. He, it was the only time he preached there, and he never got invited back. They almost killed him, actually. But he said there were many lepers in Israel, but Elisha only healed the outsider, Naaman. And how did that happen? It was a refugee, a young Jewish girl. We don't know her name, who was refugee status, and how many million do we have around the world today? And she just blurted out, you know, if he went to my hometown, Samaria, there's a man there named Elisha. He could get healed. And he humbled himself and went, dipped seven times. And, and that, that would have been a great word, but <laughs> we're not going there. I, I'm praying, what's, Lord, what, what could I share today? Oh, and then I thought about Elijah. When he got depressed, clinically, I mean, he wanted to commit suicide. After the greatest victory on Mount Carmel, and when you have a great victory, look out. You're ready, you're vulnerable. And he got vulnerable, he wanted to die and give up, and God came to him through an angel, and you know the story. And then God gave him a new assignment go to this king and give this word and anoint this one and find a successor. And he got up. He found new purpose. And I just read an article in the New York Times by a columnist named David French, who's a believer, actually, New York Times. He writes once a week. I follow him. And it was on men 
don't just need respect. There's books about respect, and I get that. He said they need purpose. And he was in Iraq in the war, and he came back, and he said, you know, veterans get respected, but they lack the band of brothers, the sense of purpose. It's not just men. It's not just women. Elijah needed another purpose because he'd finished the last one. And I'm thankful that God always has some purpose. And that gives us the strength to go on. But we're not, anyway, I, not, not, not doing that. And then the, the, the really good one would have been David, you know, when he, he comes back from the raid and back to Ziklag and there's smoke and it's, everyone's gone and the, they've had a, his wife and kids and disappeared and uh, his own men are talking about stoning him. You know, and how do you want to die, David? Do you pop a pill and do you make a run for it or do you just, it's, it's a bad day. But how he strengthened himself in God, he regained perspective and he went and found the guy and he said, oh, they're over there. And he went and he found, they got them all back. His wife, the, ch- the wives, the children, plus plunder. And in 2 Samuel, you turn about two pages and if you still use paper Bibles, you can still buy them, I think, online. But uh, suddenly they make him king at Hebron. So the worst day of his life, when it, was, it looked like it was over, was right before the best day when he finally was made king. But we're not going there because I, I just didn't sense. Because you get good Bible teaching every week. I know. I know, Pastor Danny. I know you're people of the word. I see all these Bibles you brought in. That's phenomenal. So you wonder, where is this guy going? Okay, well, here's the deal. Proverbs 25, verse 25, like cold water to a weary soul is good news from a distant land. And I thought, yes, I could give some good news. Now, in my Baptist church I grew up in in Minnesota, we got so tired of the same preacher every day for years, like years and years. But when we had an outside person, it was like, oh, this is interesting. What's he or she going to say? I still have memories of some of those people. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show some pictures this morning about some friends and tell you some updates from Europe. I'm wearing a shirt a Ukrainian pastor gave me a few months ago there. It's, got, it's what Zelensky wears. You heard of him? He's Yeah. It's the coat of arms uh, emblem of Ukraine right here, and I just wanted to wear it because I... I've fallen in love with some of the people I've met in Ukraine. Some legends in that amazing country. And uh, we're going to talk about that and, and, and a few others for a few minutes, and then we're going to go home and have lunch and do whatever you do on Sunday here. Um, uh, yes. Um, why don't you, AV guy, put up a few of those pictures of people, and then we'll, oh, here it is. We were in Ukraine a few months ago training about, it was about 80 pastors and younger leaders there that are building homes. Uh, Some of our colleagues in YWAM have built about 140 small homes for people that lost it, especially older couples. And uh, so we had a a time there, and I met a young lady who was translating. uh, Well, you don't see her there, but uh, 
she told me she was in Minnesota in a small town. She said, do you know where Staples is? I said, yeah, I grew up there. Oh, I went to a Bible camp. I, w I was an exchange student as a teenager. The people went to an Alliance church. I went to the youth group. I, f I began to follow Jesus in Minnesota. As a I thought, wow, this stuff really works sometimes. Next one, please. Uh, oh, here's my friend Aslan. I, I think it's kind of a cool name. He's Turkish, grew up in Izmir. He's, his dad is Russian, his mom's Turkish. And he became a good friend. He's leading a youth camp there. He's married to a Ukrainian, so this is in Ukraine. Yeah, next one, please. Oh, this is Ilona, his beautiful Ukrainian wife. Uh, next one, please. Oh, Aslan. Yeah, this was a few weeks ago. They were, he was going out to a pl place in Ukraine where they're building up to up 50 houses destroyed. Uh, next one, please. Okay, here they are giving the keys to a new home. It costs about $5,000 that has been built by volunteers to this couple. And there's a, I think it's a New Testament in the Ukrainian colors there. What do you do when your, whole, your, your nation's invaded? You, you, you pivot and you say, how can we serve? And they are, our friends there are serving with food and supplies and trucks and building homes. Yeah, next one, please. Oh, this is Bart. He's Dutch. Bart was in the leadership school we helped run about five years ago. He and his wife minister with YWAM in Constanza, Romania. It's a city on the Black Sea coast. So he's in the school. We're sitting down five years ago, and he starts to tell me about how the youth come to the beach on the Black Sea, tens of thousands every summer. And they do what youth do. They get drunk and party all night. And he just said, shouldn't we want to reach out to these youth? And he was talking about his city, and I, my mind went, all over the Mediterranean, I thought of the millions of young Europeans that go and party, the party scene. What if Jesus was shared with them on the islands and on the coast? And he began to dream. So he started three years ago, Summer Nightlife Outreach. Yeah, next. So this week, August 5 to 18, they are having teams they've trained. One is in Crete, a Greek island. One is Ibiza, it's a Spanish island. One is Vamevecha, it's where the hippies hang out in Romania. And our dream is that thousands of summer party people on the beaches would encounter Jesus. They have a team that goes out about two in the morning and serves coffee to people that are sleeping off their hangovers and prays with them, and they have a way to share the gospel. I love that dream. Thank you. Next picture. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they use some signs to share the gospel. They're being trained there. Next one, please. Oh, this is in Berlin. It's our favorite little uh, beer garden on a lake. But Andreas and Ozna and Johannes, Andreas is the guy there eating the salad. About 14 years ago, we were living in Hawaii. He came, we met him. He invited us to Norway. 
again and again. And then he invited us to this European leadership thing, and pretty soon we had to leave Hawaii. We're so glad we did. Just the sun every day and the beach and uh, our least favorite place, actually. And we, we thought, we need a visa. Where can we live? Well, we speak German. There's a YWAM team in Berlin. They can give us a, a residency. Ich bin ein Berliner, which some of you remember who said that famously. Some of you don't. JFK. Anyway, he invited us and gave us a platform across all of Europe. And so he visited us a few weeks ago, Andreas. Uh, he leads YWAM in Norway. And a few years ago, he saw a video of an event we did, 1985 in Denmark, where we gathered... 5,000 people had Luis Palau come and did some evangelism. And he said, wow, we, we should do that again. And What do you think, Jim? I said, yes, I think you should. So last summer, they had a one-day event in Oslo called The Send. Ten, about 10,000 people showed up for a whole day. Wild, radical worship. I was there for most of it. Went to bed early. But um, something is happening in Norway. Maybe you didn't know that. But... But in the last year and a half, they've sent out teams all across Norway to youth groups and schools. And every week, young people are getting saved. And their motto for those events are, let's go all in for Jesus. Let's believe for our schools. Let's believe to adopt orphans and the poorest of the poor. Let's even believe some will go to the unreached people groups of the earth. So this year, they had a follow-up in three cities, Christiansen, Oslo, and Stavanger. Smaller, like two or 3,000, mainly led by local pastors and ministries. And again, that nation is beginning to move with fire in a way that uh, is so encouraging to me. So I'm grateful for Andreas and Ozna and his amazing son there. So next. Oh, that's my wife, Judy. She was born in Long Beach. And uh, yeah, she's local. Her mom used to work in the shipyard during the war, whatever they did there. Uh, yeah, I'm in, uh, yeah, I'm in the middle. Henry, okay, Henry, the guy on the right. Henry is Finnish. Met him a few years ago in Kona. He got married to his wife, Tata. They go for funny names in Finland. Tata, Hermunen. Henry had come through just about four, three weeks ago there in Berlin, having coffee. And uh, he'd come for a youth camp. There was a ministry called Steiger Ministries that have a, they're, they have a band called No Longer Music, led by a 69-year-old rocker. Uh, it's, it's amazing. They do evangelism in the streets of Europe, and they do an artist festival in Poland called the Slot Festival every summer that is mainstream. Non-believers come, although it's run by Christians. Oh, I'm, I'm getting uh, sidelined here. Okay, Henry. Yes, Henry is uh, going to rent their stadium in Tampere, second largest in Finland next year and do an all-day event that can house about 7,000. He's got vision for working with youth pastors to raise up an army of Finnish youth, and we're so blessed to know people like Henry. Okay, next. Oh, we live in this building. Hotel uh, uh, Graf Puckler. Puckler was a Lutheran evangelist 
about 100 years ago, he trained in this very ground. He trained pastors. They did mercy ministries to prostitutes. It was a thing of God. It's now, that, yeah, it's a Christian foundation. They run part of it. You can rent, you know, as, as a hospital, but uh, as a hotel, sorry. And uh, we are moving into the three middle windows on the first floor up, and the next one, uh, it's being renovated this week. So when we get home in a couple of weeks, we'll, we'll be able to fix it up and Judy can pick the colors of the tile and all. She's all excited. It's, next one, please. Uh, oh, okay, this is in Greece. Uh, last summer, I was with a German friend, uh, but Timo, uh, Timos is Greek. His wife, Maria, is Greek. She's Orthodox, psychologist, woman of God. Timos uh, grew up in an evangelical church. He and Maria are are amazing leaders. He does events for worship leaders from across Greece. He um, has an amazing YouTube channel, but it's in Greek, his, his music. They were just preaching at a youth camp that he used to go to when he was a, a little boy. I knew, I knew his mom and dad, actually. And um, wonderful things are happening in Greece. They're making connection with Orthodox priests. And uh, th this is downtown Thessaloniki. We were on a tall building there. And uh, he is another friend that was in the leadership school that we helped run last year. And in September, we are going to gather every two months with about 75 young leaders from across Europe for a long weekend of reconnecting, peer mentoring, coaching, and he and Maria will be a part of that. Now, why am I showing you those pictures? Judy asked our daughter, Lindsay, last year sometime. Lindsay, do you know what, bi what the family business is? After a minute, Lindsay said, oh, it's people. I said, we, Judy and I were pleased. You know, she gets us a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm so grateful that God has called us to work with people. Now, we'll, we'll just, I, are there a few more shots? I think so before we do the video. Oh, this is my wife in Ukraine with Ira. Ira got saved as a teenager at a, as an exchange student in northern Minnesota at this camp from this Alliance Church. Yeah, next one. Oh, this is just down the window from where we will be living starting next month, uh, downtown Berlin. It's a Turkish, Kurdish, Arabic, it's a migrant neighborhood. It's, it's the low rent district. But it's, we love it. We don't even need a car. Can you imagine that? First time in our lives, don't have a car, don't need one. Public transport is brilliant. Yeah, next one, please. Oh, this is, we're going to move in here. This will be our kitchen. There's some old IKEA furniture used, putting in there, and the bathroom behind there. And um, It's in this building that this Christian foundation is giving us really low rent. Imagine living in the city of Berlin for about $600 a month rent. It's small, but we are so happy to be there. Yeah, well, next picture. What else? Are we? Was, maybe that's the end. I don't know if there was more. I, I want to end with a video clip a bit later, but I think that was... Why did I show you those? Well, I love those stories. Because those are real people 
believing God for real things in a place that you might not hear too much about. Um, scrolling down here through the rest of my notes. What if, and here's one of our dreams in Europe, we have a ministry that travels to university campuses. It's called Fire Starters. And it, it, in prayer, we have come to believe that what if God visited every university campus around Europe and they became known as centers of revival, worship, reformation? Because the church has kind of backed off, at least in Europe, from our universities. But we are believing it's a new day. And some of the young people we work with are, are doing that. And we're working in Berlin with university students from Berlin and just believing it's going to be a new day. Jesus is going to show up. I, I don't have a picture of Dr. Johannes Hartel. You probably don't know his name. He's a German Catholic theologian, lives in Augsburg. He leads prayer and worship ministries in the German-speaking world. His conference mayor, it's German for more, before COVID, it was getting 12,000 people coming to hear more about prayer and worship. There is a hunger in Germany, German-speaking world. And during COVID, he started doing Germany, let's pray together. And on Zoom, he had worship teams live. You could join from from. Austria, Switzerland, and Germany, and Orthodox, Catholic, Free Church, Pentecostal groups worshiping together. And uh, the guy last week, Tyler Stanton in, in Portland, said he, he was invited to that conference. Do you think I should go? I said, yes, absolutely go. There's something fresh happening in Europe. All right. Oh, yes. Final little story. And then we'll end with a video clip. And it's not cat videos, don't worry. It's, it's legit. And it connects here to Orange County, the last video. But one of the times we, last year in this hotel that I showed you, we were housing a group of 35 Mongolian young people. And I didn't know what they were. But then I heard, oh, they've come back. And they're doing a service at a Lutheran church. So we went to the service, and here are these Mongolians doing some dance and singing and sharing testimonies. They had come to say, thank you, body of Christ in Germany. You brought the gospel to our nation. About 30 years ago, when it began to open, a friend of ours uh, from a, a place called Ludenscheid, and uh, Walter Heidenreich, pretty good German name. His ministry, they had a rehab center. They started to send aid and short-term teams and then long-term missionaries of Germans to Ulaanbaatar and to Mongolia. And 30 years later, these young Mongolians wanted to travel among the churches in Germany to say thank you for sending the gospel to our nation. We were so moved. Uh, I had tears in our eyes to think, what if Germany again continues to send missionaries to some of the least evangelized places of the world? That's part of our goal and part of our desire. Um, 
we get invitations as uh, we travel. Berlin's very central. We can get to Poland in half an hour on the train. We can fly anywhere quickly. One of the invitations I'm excited about for next year, uh, a guy named Andrei, who is a Russian uh, young uh, leader from Rostov on Dom, uh, Dom is his town. He said, would you come for a week and teach? I'm gathering about 80 leaders from Armenia, Georgia, and all across Russia. And he said, you know, we have 11 time zones in Russia. You think America's big? Do you ever drive across? We have four on the mainland, I think. Yeah. They have 11. From Alaska to the Ural Mountains and into to Europe, bordering Norway, and now NATO's coming back together. It's like a new Cold War. It's kind of interesting. But would you come and spend a week training, and you got to pay your own way. Oh, shoot. Well, it's what we do. <laughs> but we'll take care of you. And can you imagine the privilege? How can you say no to spending five days or six days with a bunch of young leaders from that part of the world? So... That's coming up in November. Oh, we get to go to Iceland in October for a week. It's going to be cold and dark, but there's fresh stirrings of revival among some of the Icelandic youth, so we, we're going to go there, and we, we get to do that. But I'm so grateful for Christians in Orange County. Um, we're staying with some friends in Santa Ana that uh, always give us a car to use and a place to stay. And uh, just, just, not, just, you wouldn't know of them, but they, they're great people just down the road here. So grateful for them. So grateful for others, uh, like our friend Dr. Arthur down in uh, Laguna Beach, and others who help us every month. And uh, what was this last point? Um, oh, okay, Santa Ana. So Friday morning, I go to down, it's downtown Santa Ana. I know that it's a great place, great food, blah, blah, blah. And a friend of mine named Jordan Nacy, who went to uh, Talbot Seminary, and then he decided, I, I don't want to be a pastor. There's a lot of churches already. I want to be an evangelist. I want to share the gospel. He's an internet genius. Like he knows how to. So he started a ministry, and I, we're going to end with this video clip, and then I'll ask Pastor Danny to come back. It's a one-minute clip. It's an, he's, he was proud of it. He showed me in his office there in Santa Ana. Jim, I hired the Hamburg brothers or someone, they're famous, to make us this commercial. He shares the gospel with millions of people around the world. He buys from Google. I don't know how he does it. But so in the Afghani language of Dari, he, he will buy ads so that when someone mentions Christ or Isa or Christianity, they will go to his website. And then he has locals giving a video testimonies how they encountered Jesus in those languages. And he does this in hundreds of nations around the world. And he supports us every month. And he's here in Santa Ana. And this is a video clip, a little bit about what his ministry does from about 10 minutes from here, from his little office and his computers and I just love what God is doing today. Thank you for letting me come and share. So let's watch this clip, and then I don't know how Danny's going to end the service, but he'll figure out a way, and then we'll, we'll be done. All right. Thank you. I love sharing Jesus. 
And now with the One Billion app, I can minister in Morocco, preach in Peru, testify in Thailand, and convert in somewhere that starts with C. Croatia. Ah, yes. Thanks, hon. Our goal is to share Jesus with one billion people. And I can do it all from my couch. All you have to do is download the One Billion app, customize your personal Jesus link, and share your link on social media. Then you can choose to promote it in nations across the world. You can even see the analytics on your dashboard of how many people you've helped bring to Jesus. I just love watching the numbers go up. Portugal! Vietnam! You don't need to jump to use the One Billion app. I know, but it's more fun this way. Join the mission to share Jesus with one billion people. Download One Billion today! You're right. It is more fun this way. <laughs> Wait! Someone I reached in Romania just accepted Jesus. Yeah, baby! Baby Jesus! Woo! <laughs> I'm gonna invite our worship team to come back up. We're gonna end with a song, but Jim, thank you so much for sharing and sharing your heart. Didn't you appreciate Jim? I love the way that Jim told us what he wasn't going to do for the first part of that um, message. So I'm, I'm believing that some of that will stick with you also. But, um, but my, um, my thought as the worship team prepares to, to kind of wrap up our time is the way that God is moving around the world is very unique in this moment. And you got a snapshot into that. If you were able to follow and pay attention to what he's doing through young people, um, the way that the gospel is being spread is um, is creative and it's new, but there's also a timeless element that's so important, and that's a, a intergenerational uh, element to it. That is relationship. That is people like Jim and Judy who are willing to to go and to encourage and to build up. And so you can do that from any place. Um, you can do that here within our congregation, or as God calls you out to go in different places. But I want to encourage you this morning as we end with this song. Um, anytime that you hear from somebody who's uh, maybe full-time in ministry, I think that's kind of a, um, a wrong terminology. We literally are all full-time in ministry if we follow Jesus. But for those who are traveling in different places, you have one of two reactions. Maybe one is like, man, I really admire those guys. That would be really cool. Um, maybe there's three. Maybe there's like a jealousy. Well, it must be nice. I wish I could go to all these places. And maybe three, there's a, a almost like a man, I could never do something like that, sort of a, a comparison. And I want to just uh, invite you in this last moment to just surrender your life afresh and anew to God and maybe not do any of those three things, but rather just ask the Lord to help you see the world around you through fresh eyes as we've been given a fresh perspective this morning. Does that make any sense to you? Can we stand together? I'd like to pray, and then um, they're going to lead us in a song. And, and um, we're just going to ask the Lord to... Just settle over us the things that he desires for us to, to, to retain today. God, I want to thank you for the encouragement of good news. Of good news from a distant land. Lord, I thank you that you're on the move in places that we see on the news. When we think of Ukraine, Lord, we are heavy hearted. And here we've heard news of people coming to Christ and of people who are rebuilding the nation who are hopeful in you. God, thank you for that this morning and hearing what you're doing throughout Western Europe and Eastern Europe and throughout the globe. We just want to declare that you're the God of the universe and you're faithful. And we thank you that we get to have a small part in Jim and Judy's ministry. And today, God, we, 
we choose to look at our lives in a fresh way, knowing that you've called each one of us to something unique, whether it's through prayer or through going or giving or whatever it might be. Lord, would you just speak to our hearts today now as we wrap this time up? Lord, would you just give us more of your heart? We thank you for it. Let's sing the song of worship together. Thank you again for this time that we've had. Thank you for the stories and the testimony. God, we even, as we're together in this moment, we pray, Lord, for the lives of young people who will hear the gospel, maybe coming out of a nightclub, in the midst of a stupor. God, would you bring a sober mind to hear truth? Would you rescue people in those islands that we saw and the heart that you gave and the creativity? Would you impart that even to us in our spheres of influence, that we might have your heart, see your people through your eyes. So thank you for the snapshots throughout the globe today. God, we again, we bless Jim and Judy. We thank you for their ministry and for their words to us today. God, I, I pray your blessing over each one as they go now. They would go into this week filled afresh and anew, filled and encouraged that you're winning throughout the globe, that the gospel is going forth, and in the midst of a world with so much bad news, the good news remains so, so good. And may we be heralds of the gospel, speaking truth to people, the truth of Jesus. So we honor you together. We thank you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you.